How long have you been listening to Bad Crypto? And are you a card-carrying member of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, or are you brand new to the show? We thought it would be a good time to do a refresher on some blockchain basics. And to help us out, we've invited Peter Kent, author of Cryptocurrency Mining for Dummies, to the show. We think Peter explains blockchain better than we do, so we're going to let him do a lot of talking. And besides, he's British, so his accent is fabulous. Grab your tea and crumpets and belly up to the blockchain. It's episode number 263 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joe? Yes? I, I don't really like crumpets. How about tea? Tea's okay, but I really don't like crumpets at all. One lump or two? Eh, I'll take, I like sweet tea from Southern Sweet Tea. Can you got any of that? It's a lovely accent you have there, Mr. Travis, hey, right? thank you. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. Bad Crypto Podcast, Joel Com, Travis Wright, and we are here for you, apparently, around the globe in many countries and some planets, which uh, they're listening to this and thinking there must be alien life forms down there. Not intelligent life forms, but <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not too many intelligent life forms down here. There are a few, and many of them we have interviewed on Bad Crypto. Mm, the more intelligent ones. The most, the most intelligent ones we're bringing you. Some of them have said no. Well, those are the really intelligent ones. We won't mention any names like Nick Zabo. Yeah, that was him. He did not want to be on the show. No, he he thought that uh, we weren't taking crypto seriously enough because mm-hmm. we invited some people on the show that think differently than he does. Yeah. So some people doesn't don't like to talk to um, people who think differently. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It scares them. We will talk to all kinds of peoples that think differently. That's good. That's what we're going to do. And we are going to do that. But first, we're going to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Divi. Divi. Divi helps you make masternodes, folks. One click install of this masternode. It's a cloud masternode. You're able to stake your tokens. And every day that you're staking tokens, you're earning rewards. And so they have this revolutionary one click installer. It's very fancy. If you have ever thought about masternodes or staking, this is the easiest way. You install it one time. You install your software. It takes less than five minutes to do. You stake your tokens. Boom. Then you can literally shut off the app. <laughs> yeah, you do. You, you shut it off. You don't have to use it. You don't have to, you don't have to keep it on 24 hours a day. It's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. It's taking your tokens. Which I'm looking up at the sky right now. I don't see it, but it's up there in the cloud. Well, they're up somewhere. there in space. It's up there in the space. Uh, wait, it's, so it's beyond the clouds, really. Yeah, it's, it's uh, beyond the clouds, <laughs> Remax, something, something. We're both running these master nodes, and uh, I've got two of them set up. And when I launched the software on my PC, I go, oh, look at that. I earned X number of tokens mm-hmm. for doing nothing other than, you know, running this node. That's so true. So check it out at DiviProject.org. I believe that's the URL. Check it, it out. DiviProject.org. And uh, stay bad. Our other sponsor for the show is The Bad Coin. What is The Bad Coin? <laughs> so many of you have some bad coin from back in the day with, with bit shares hanging out in that wallet. So go to badcoin.net. You can download the wallet and uh, start mining bad coin. Have our developers that have spent over a thousand hours on the new bad coin. It's a multi chain of five algorithms 
and it allows you to mine crypto on bad computers. Or mm-hmm. if you have really good computers, it's just going to throttle you down. You're not going to get very big rewards. But if you have really old, crappy computers, then you might be able to mine some serious bad coin. So there's some instructions on the website. Uh, there's also some videos that have that are being produced to show you how to mine. And uh, you can start mining Badcoin. Do it. Badcoin.net. It's the bestest. Brought to you by the good people at Badcoin.net. Mm-hmm. Not applicable in all states. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions might apply. Maybe, you know, we, we could always quit this job because it's not a job and, and go to working for people doing commercial voiceovers. Sunday, 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 US 30 Smoke and Drag Strip where the great ones rock, 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 rock. We did that whenever we do um, MC at different events. We did it the other day, and we were introducing a panel, and now the moderator of this amazing panel, sitting in the green chair. That was pretty fun. That was good. All right. Speaking of fun, this is and kind speaking of, of mining, a kind of a back to basics. You know, it's been a long time since we've done a blockchain, Bitcoin, um, and mining explainer, and we got introduced to Peter Kent when we were at ETH Denver. He was also in town. He's a British chap, a, a, a very nice chap, and he um, has written books on this. He has training on it, and I love hearing somebody else explain blockchain. That's really good because he's an older man, so he's got this excellent older British accent, which is quite quite delightful to hear. And there's going to be a giveaway here as well. So it's gonna be a giveaway. Yep. So what are we giving away. Well, just you have to li- listen to the nope, there's not a crumpet giveaway. <laughs> Email us at backcryptopodcast at gmail.com. Ask for some crumpets <laughs> and you won't get any. You'll get none. <laughs> and you can't How can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> All right, here's Peter Kent. Well, he's British, but he lived in Texas, and now he's in Colorado, and I'm super confused. But what is not confusing is that he's a best-selling technology author in the Dummies and Completes Idiots series, and he's applying his no-nonsense, geek-free approach to help people understand blockchain and crypto now. His name is Peter Kent. He's got a lovely accent, and Peter, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Could you give us a better demonstration of the, the delicious accent that you have? Well, I'm not, uh, what do you want me to say? Do you want my previous English accent or my current English accent? Well, let's hear the previous one first. Well, the previous English accent was much more sort of clipped, and I would actually pronounce my T's. Uh, so my name used to be Peter Kent, and of course now it's Peter, because Americans don't understand Peter. Well, Texans certainly don't understand Peter. So um, I, I had to modify it. Bloody Americans. We ruin everything. Um, two, two cultures divided by a common language. I yeah, in a war. Bed. A war, too. And, and, and a war. <laughs> a revolution. So that's, that's been a long time, though. We, yeah. we, we forget about that one. So, so yeah, you because, like P-I-D-A, like Peter. Peter. Well, yeah, that's right. So I can't win, especially when I lived in Texas. I would say Peter and uh, people in restaurants you know, or, or fast food places where they want your name, they would write down pizza, P-I-Z-Z-A, or, or whatever. And so I changed it to Peter, and now they, yeah, they write it P-I-T-A. Let's talk about uh, you and uh, your background before crypto. Kind of sum up for us you know, what uh-huh. you've been doing. Well, I've been in technology about 40 years. So the, the late 70s, I was actually working in the oil business, 
but using computers to monitor uh, drilling and drilling conditions on oil rigs, and then actually helping to build the systems. I was working with the the, the development team, software and hardware development, to build the system. So I've been in technology a long time. I've been writing computer books since 86. So I've written about 60 technology books. I'm the what? only person what? I know. 60 technology books? Joel Calm, you got some work to do, buddy. Uh, it's spread out over a few years, like two a year on average, I guess. I, I feel like a newbie now with my 15 books. Uh, this oh, is, right. uh, 15. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but only 15. Uh, only 15. Well, Tra- 15. Travis, has, has, Travis has a book. I have too. a book. I have 160th the books of you now, Peter. I don't think we want you on the show now, matter of fact. I don't think this is hurting our ego. I guess we'll we'll, we'll end it now. It's recording. We might as well continue. Oh, I guess. Yeah, carry on, mate. So where was I? Oh, I'm the only writer I know who is both a dummy and an idiot. And uh, so, you know, I wrote The Complete Idiot's Guide to the Internet back in the 90s. And and actually, I did seven editions of that. And then... uh, SEO for dummies more recently. Actually, they want another edition from me. I'm supposed to start next week. So um, I'm in both series. I guess I guess I think of myself as a as a teacher. This has dawned on me just recently. Any of the work I do is essentially teaching. If I'm writing books or I do online courses, I have online courses on lynda.com and udemy.com and my, my Bitcoin course. I do a lot of expert witness work. So I'm I'm teaching attorneys and judges and juries about technology. So I feel like I'm kind of an advocate for the ordinary guy who doesn't understand all this technology stuff. And my, my job, uh, whatever I'm doing, and consulting as well, business consulting, uh, essentially I'm taking this technology stuff and uh, dumbing it down to make it, I shouldn't use the term dumbing it down, making it simple, breaking it into pieces uh, and uh, helping ordinary people understand it. So so let me ask you this then, since you're, you're dumbing things down. That's kind of what we did with bad crypto. We should have called it the dumb down crypto show. Could have done that. Um, so, so how do you describe Bitcoin and blockchain to folks who are trying to understand what it's all about? Well, first off, you can't you can't describe it in a sentence. I mean, it does. You have to you have to take it from the beginning. You know, I take it from well, what is a blockchain? Well, a blockchain is a database. What's a database? We all use databases, whether you use an Excel spreadsheet or use an email program. Where's your email? It's stored in a database. So, what's the blockchain? Uh, a blockchain is a very specific type of database uh, that is distributed. It's not just sitting in one place. It's copied a, among literally thousands of different locations, thousands of different computers. And and it's also for various reasons it's it's protected. It's it's very hard, if not impossible, to hack. And once data is recorded in that database, it it, it can't be changed. At least that's the that's the idea. Um, depending on on uh, depending on well, Ethereum got hacked just recently, didn't it? So, but the theory is it can't be changed once it's in the blockchain. Now I can explain why it can't be changed, but that takes more time and effort. And I don't know if we have the time to do that right now, if you really want me to do that. But uh, cryptocurrency. No, I, think, I think, you know, I think it's good. We understand the why. I, it, it always fascinates me to hear how people succinctly attempt to, you know, say this is what blockchain is. Because let's face it, the reason that um, so many people are confused by it is uh, – it's it's this new thing, right? Yeah. And and they're not used to implementing it. So what is this new creature you've brought to the zoo? Uh-huh. Everybody's talking about blockchain or, or everybody's heard of blockchain, but very few people really know what it is. 
and I was explaining to Travis before we started recording, I'm going to Congress, going to Washington on Monday to talk to some groups about uh, about blockchain. I think I'm going to be actually giving tutorials, basically saying this is what it is. So, okay, what is blockchain? It's a it's a chain of blocks. Not surprisingly, what's in a block? Uh, well, let's talk about the Bitcoin tran- the Bitcoin blockchain. A block contains Bitcoin transactions. If I send money. Uh, from my address to your address, it gets recorded in the blockchain. So one of the things that makes it really secure is the whole hashing, uh, the whole hashing concept. So now we get into a bit of technology that most people don't understand. But yeah, what's a hash? What is exactly. that? I thought that that was something that Travis smoked. I don't know what well, that is. That's that's probably true, but it's also a I different can either thing confirm or deny. Yeah. <coughs> so the hash is like a fingerprint. If you take a piece of digital data, take a poem, for instance, and you run it through a hash algorithm, out will pop a unique number. How does that algorithm do it? I don't know. Very few people know. This is the sort of mathematics that a very small segment of humanity actually understands. If you have a mathematics degree, you don't understand how to do this. If you have an advanced mathematics degree, you probably still don't understand. Um, it, it, it's really something that's widely used because, um, you know, you, 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 can, you can get code that does it for you. But the actual mathematics behind this stuff is quite complex. And, but, but it doesn't matter, does it, Peter? It's exactly. like I don't understand how that little chip on my visa works when I shove it into that machine. You know, exactly. I don't know how that works. It's this little silvery chippy thing and somehow yeah. it works. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to understand. So I tell people this is uh, it's essentially magic, although I have a friend who objects to that. He says, no, 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 it's not magic. It's complicated mathematics. Well, OK, it's complicated mathematics. So I call it magic. It feels like magic. Yeah, it feels like, like magic because we don't understand it. Somebody does, luckily, but we don't need to understand it. So you take a piece of text and you run it through this hashing algorithm and out pops uh, this unique number. So now we'll come back to the block. You've got a block of transactions. You take that block of transactions and you hash the entire block. So now you have what is essentially a fingerprint, this unique number. It's a fingerprint that identifies that block of data. And it cannot identify any other block. It is truly unique, probably more unique than uh, than actual human fingerprints. So now we've we've hashed it. We've got that number. We add that uh, that fingerprint to the block of data, and we add it to the uh, to the blockchain. We chain these things together. Now, here's how it's actually chained. We then take that hash. So we'll call it block A. We take the hash from block A, the fingerprint. And when we create another block, we put that fingerprint into the next block, block B. So then we hash block B and we get another fingerprint. So actually each block contains two hashes. It it contains the previous hash and it contains its own hash. So these are unique numbers. Let's imagine we go down into block A and we change a transaction. You know, you hack in and you change the transaction, you change it from one Bitcoin being transferred somewhere to two Bitcoins being transferred somewhere. That fingerprint no longer matches because you just all you have to do is change one character in that text and the fingerprint does not match. So you've now broken the, the chain of uh, the, 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 the chain of blocks of data that you have in the blockchain. And so 
if you can imagine a chain of a hundred different blocks and you uh, change it, just one character in the first block, it ripples all the way through the chain. It, the chain no longer works. It has been, it's been uh, essentially broken. You've broken my chain. Yeah. So that's one way uh, that the blockchain is secured. Another way, of course, is that it is duplicated. So if I, you know, the previous uh, one of your podcasts is listening to somebody talking about China and uh, how restrictive China is getting. Let's imagine China decides nobody's going to use blockchain anymore. Or nobody's going to use cryptocurrency anymore or, or Bitcoin. They want to ban Bitcoin. And they close down all the computers in the country that have uh, Bitcoin running on those computers. What happens? Well, there's another 110 countries around the world that have computers running the, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. So you can't just destroy a few servers here and there or even a whole country's worth of servers. You've got it copied, distributed. Um, then there's also the consensus concept. Using complicated mathematics, you have a system that the, the uh, Bitcoin miners are coming to an agreement about what should be added to the blockchain. So that, that's essentially what a blockchain is. Uh, it's a very secure way to store data. It's um, immutable. You hear that phrase a lot, of course. I know you guys have heard that. Immutable means once it's in there, it can't be changed. As you know, blockchain is not just being used for cryptocurrency. It's also being used for you know, many other purposes. Um, if, you, if you have a case in which you need different people are submitting data into a system and everybody needs to trust each other, uh, then, then a blockchain may be the way to go. And it's called... These are called trustless systems, which is a bit of a misnomer. A trustless system simply means that you don't have to uh, you don't have to trust a particular party to get the data right. So it's not like storing data in a bank on a bank's databases. You have to trust the bank, but actually, the trust is baked into the blockchain. The mathematics behind running that blockchain is essentially uh, what is building the trust. Travis, I feel like he's explained it better than I ever have. I, I don't know about you, but this is kind of like blockchain 101 all over again, because, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show uh, miss the early episodes where we kind of went into what is, you know, blockchain. And here we are a good year and a half or more in. And this is a really good refresher. Well, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. So you wrote a book on Bitcoin. What was the book called? No, I, I, I created an online course huh? on Bitcoin. I am working uh, with a co-author on cryptocurrency mining for dummies, but uh, as, as far as um, the course goes, CryptoClear blockchain and cryptocurrency made uh, excuse me made simple. Ooh, very good. And as we were talking earlier uh, before the show, you said that you wanted to give away a couple of the courses. Is that correct? That's right. We're going to do that. So we, we are going to put up a landing page at uh, cryptooforcourse.com slash bad crypto and uh, we actually have a little ebook giveaway at that landing page and uh, and we'll hold a drawing and give away a couple of uh, you know, a couple of memberships of excellent course. we we mm -hmm. like giveaways. what was that what was that url again crypto of course crypto of course dot com okay slash bad crypto well since you did such a great job of explaining blockchain you mentioned you know you're doing a book on mining why don't you go ahead and take a stab because 
you know, I heard about Bitcoin and blockchain probably in 2014 or 15, but because I didn't understand mining, it it just seemed so nebulous to me that this, you know, your computer, it was ding, 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 mining away and Bitcoins were flying off that I didn't pay attention for the next couple of years. So I'd love to hear how you explain that. Oh, wow. Uh, Explaining mining. Make it make it it complicated. Yeah. I, I know. Make it simple in one well, sentence. Well, no, it doesn't have to be one I sentence. I'm good with that. Um, you know, but but you know, let, let's pretend you're talking to somebody who's like, maybe the question is, wait, do you mean I, you know, I just turn on my computer and Bitcoin spring out? At, what does this mean? So yeah, it does actually mean that at some point, once you've installed the right software and so on, you know, like you, I didn't get into mining years ago. I really wish I had. My son came to me and probably. 2013, he said, Dad, we should be crypto mining. And uh, and I just blew it off. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm busy right now. Um, it would have changed our lives, obviously. So what happens is when you uh, submit a transaction, I'm going to start back at the transaction level. When you submit a transaction to the blockchain, we're going to use uh, Bitcoin right now. So you're submitting it from your wallet. And by the way, I think most people don't understand what wallets are. Wallets are really... I mean, they store private keys in their communication programs. The whole system's really like the email system. You have um, on the email system, you have mail servers and you have mail clients like uh, Outlook or Gmail or whatever. When you're working in your web browser, you're working with uh, in Gmail, you're working with a mail client. So Bitcoin's very similar. You have wallets and you have uh, Bitcoin nodes. So you sit down at your wallet and you say, I want to send Travis uh, half a Bitcoin and the wallet sends a message out and we're simplifying greatly here. The wallet sends a message out onto the network, just like there's an email network, there's a Bitcoin network. So this message gets sent out onto the network and it gets picked up by a miner somewhere. The miner starts by checking it out. It wants to make sure that... um, that the whole message makes sense and it will check the address that's in there. It'll say, it'll look to see if, uh, if there actually is Bitcoin associated with that address. Uh, and it checks all sorts of things. There's a, there's a big list of things. A lot of it's sort of just syntax. Is it, does this make sense? Does this message make sense? And if it looks good, it uh, adds it to what's called a mempool. It's, uh, it's just a collection of transactions that have been verified, but they haven't yet been added to the block. And then it sends it on to the next node. So it travels through travels through the network from node to node, miners picking it up, putting it in their mempools. And then uh, the miners, now when I say miner, you know, you're not sitting there, you don't have some guy sitting there looking at the computer, waiting for messages to come in and verifying them. Obviously all this is done with software. And so at some point, yes, you, you set up the software and all this runs in the background. So what's next? You've got a mempool. So the mining software at this point starts putting together a block of data, a block of transactions. And when it has a block of the required size, uh, it, it then has to um, carry out this complicated mathematical game. And this is, this is one of the big criticisms, of course, of Bitcoin. It uses huge amounts of energy, huge amounts of electricity. We've, heard, uh, we've all heard these stories about about these, uh, the enormous electricity use of Bitcoin, bigger than some small countries. And this is where the energy is going. It's playing this mathematical game. So now you have a whole bunch of miners that are competing against each other to see 
who gets to add a block next. Now, the game involves hashing the data in the block. Forget about the previous hashing. That's a, that's a different issue. This hashing is purely for this little game. And you're, you're hashing the data in the block and trying to see if the number you get out of that hash is smaller than a target that has been set for you in the game is one of the rules of the game. Now, almost certainly the first time you try, it's not going to be below that level. And so you have to rehash it. But what you do is there's, there's something called a nonce. It's a piece of data in the header of the block. You change the nonce and then you rehash. And again, it probably won't match. So you change the nonce and you rehash. And you might do this hundreds or thousands of times. And at the same time, you have thousands of other miners who are doing this hundreds or thousands of times. Again, this is the, this is the um, uh, electricity use is one of the big criticisms. So eventually, one of the miners will come up with a hash that does actually match the target. It's lower than the target. And so he wins. And he sends out his block onto the network, and everybody checks it. Because the thing about hashing is, it only goes one way. You can't take a hash and unhash it and come to the original data. But what you can do, if I give you data and I give you a matching hash, you can very quickly check to see if that hash does match the data. So it's sent out onto the network, and all the miners say, yeah, this is right. It's, it's, uh, he's won. He can add his block. So he adds his block to the, to the blockchain at that point. And he gets rewarded, and he gets two rewards. You know those little fees you pay when you transmit Bitcoin? He gets to keep those fees. And he also gets the blockchain reward. And this is the mining. Uh, I think it's, it's 12.5 Bitcoin right now, on average, every, uh, every 10 minutes or so. And so the miner is rewarded 12.5 Bitcoin um, because he won that contest. Does confetti fall like when you win? It's like woo, and you know streamers and sound effects. I'm not sure that it does, but I suspect you could. It should. It should, and you could probably program. Yeah, it should be like yay, yeah. and you hear firecrackers, and I mean, you just mine twelve yeah. and a half Bitcoin. Damn it, be excited. Yeah, or or like the bell in a sales yeah, uh, sales like room. Yeah, ring the bell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Very nice. Perfect. I also want to say I like to say that the, the the cryptographic nonce that's a word that I don't know that we've ever mentioned on the show because Isn't we're bad. Nonce? And you just went and used nonce multiple times and you just showed us up on the show. Is it is and, it uh, nonce a very, British slang word? Yes, it has a very different yeah, what does it meaning mean? in Britain. Uh I think it means pedophile. Oh my. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, so, I went there. It's a UK uh, prison classification for prisoners deemed at risk from attack of one another regular prisoners because of their sexual nature. Oh yeah. my! That's what, okay. that's what Urban Dictionary says. Well, yeah. we're always yeah. learning here at Bad Crypto, and and now you got a little yeah. bonus there. Mm. Don't be a nonce. Yeah, but a cryptographic a nonce, nonce is a little bit different. It is an arbitrary number that can be used just once in a cryptograph in a cryptographic communication. Oh my gosh, that's a much better nonce. I, yeah, it is. It sure. is. Yeah, it has a very different, very different uh, 
meaning. And, and you just use it to change the data. You know, as I said before, when you're hashing something, you change one character, the hash will change. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you just use the nonce to change the data that's being hashed. But um, so, I, you know, this whole mining thing, the average person doesn't need to understand it. In my course, I have a description and graphics and everything showing exactly what's going on with, with uh, hashing, or excuse me, with uh, mining. And at the beginning of that video, I say, look, you don't need to know this stuff. If you really want to know it, okay, carry on. But you don't have to know this stuff, in order, obviously, in order to use. There are things you really need to know that people don't. Um, but the average person, even buying and selling uh, Bitcoin, doesn't really need to understand how the mining works. We want to we actually throw this at you since you're doing a course on mining and crypto and stuff. We, um, you know, one of the problems that we saw with Bitcoin is the fact that over time, mining can become centralized. You have these sort of really big mining operations in China and other places that yeah, have really yeah. cheap mining or electricity. And so they mine, they're the ones that are mining most of the Bitcoin. So we realized that. So we created our own coin called Badcoin. <laughs> uh -huh. And Badcoin is a hybrid of five blockchain algorithms it's a multi-chain uh with some bitcoin algorithms uh litecoin algorithms some dash algorithms some uh -huh. monera i think thrown in and another thing and what what it does is it can be mined by bad computers as same as as if you have a whole warehouse full of computers if you have a whole warehouse full of computers you actually get throttled down and so your reward is much lower than if you have like a pentium one at grandma's house and so we decided we wanted to make mining fair because it got to the point where regular folks could no longer mine crypto. And so with Badcoin, regular folks can mine Badcoin. Every minute a block is mined, uh, 2,200 Badcoin are created every every minute or so. And um, yeah, we wanted, to, we wanted to, to make crypto mining great again. It, it's um, crypto mining certainly in a slump right now. Uh, when the when the pricing comes back up, it will be more profitable, I guess. But a lot of people have dropped out of mining. I think the people who are still mining are people who already had the infrastructure set up and mm. they've already made a lot of money and they're betting on the they're betting on Bitcoin coming back up. And and also, of course, people mine other currencies. My co-author is um, he, he mines Monero principally, although he's mined about a dozen different uh, uh, currencies. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a slump, the whole mining thing. We'll see. It should come back one day. You know, one of the, the problems that people are having as investors in crypto is a lot of times people are buying Bitcoin because, you know, they heard in the media that, oh, I need to go buy Bitcoin. But they're not even really sure what they're getting into, are they? Absolutely. I don't, I, I've experienced this talking to people who uh, own a little bit of Bitcoin or one currency or the other, and uh, you ask them to explain what they own, and they, they do not know. People don't know what they own. And that's that's why so many people get into trouble. A couple of, I think the two biggest ways people get into trouble, either the exchange where, um, well, I was going to say where their cryptocurrency was stored, but, but uh, exchanges don't actually store cryptocurrency. To be more specific, the exchange is storing their private keys that control their cryptocurrency, get hacked. And uh, cryptocurrency gets stolen. The other primary way is people lose access to their private keys. And I think all this comes down to the fact that they just do not understand what they own and how to manage it. Uh, and as an example, 
uh, the whole concept of a wallet. And we've all heard these stories of people losing cryptocurrency. I have a friend, Aussie guy, who lost $2 million worth of cryptocurrency because he lost his wallet. Uh, and of course, there's that big story, this guy in England, I think it was, who he has something like, or at one point, it was $80 million worth of Bitcoin buried under a landfill. Well, there's no cryptocurrency in a wallet. So if you've just had your hard drive dumped into a landfill accidentally, uh, the fact that your wallet is in there doesn't really mean much. The money is still sitting in the blockchain. It hasn't moved. It's still there. What it means is you, you just weren't uh, practicing proper security procedures. Um, and this is not just related to cryptocurrency, by the way. People are really bad at managing passwords and their data related to passwords. And um, if, you, if you have a, a good process in place to manage passwords and to manage private keys, there's no reason why if your house burns down and your computer's in it, you should lose your Bitcoin or lose your cryptocurrency of whatever kind. So true. So true. People who lose crypto are just so stupid. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say this stupid. <laughs> no, I, I, am going to say I lost $1.1 million worth of Bitcoin. Although at the time, really? well, I lost 55 Bitcoin, but at the time they were worth like pennies each. But it was on a computer that got thrown away because it but literally Travis, crashed you my can, computer. You could find solace in knowing that at the current price, you only lost a quarter million dollars worth of Bitcoin. It's true. But I, I like to say that I lost $1.1 million worth of crypto now. I'm going to say that. And it sounds more dramatic. And then as the crypto gets higher and higher, then I can say that I've lost more. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I, I wouldn't call people – I'm not saying all oh, these dumb people. I'm saying these are people who need education. These are people who need to understand what they own and how to manage it. And there's no reason whatsoever anybody should lose access to their cryptocurrency, even if the house burns down or the computer gets stolen. There's no reason you should lose access to it. I was just setting up Joel to, to make a joke on me, but he – He didn't do it, huh? Well, I kind of did. Kind of. Kind of a little bit did. Uh, Peter, we really appreciate your time here. The website for you guys to go and uh, get the is this the ebook 10 essential tips for new crypto investors? Is that what they can get on your website? Yeah, and we're going to we, we'll hold a drawing for two uh you know, two accesses to the course. Excellent. It's www.cryptoofcourse. cryptoofcourse.com forward slash bad crypto. And there will be two free copies of Peter's new eight hour video course on crypto called Crypto Clear, Cryptocurrency and Blockchain Made Easy. Thanks for the refresher, uh, my friend. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I enjoyed it. And uh, here is the end. Stay bad. <laughs> I'm not tired. I'm, I'm not hungry. Here's the end of the show. Stay bad. Um. <laughs>Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.